Insights on Responsible Business is a podcast about organizations building trust, security, and resilience to thrive in an era of stakeholder capitalism. Our host is Sir Rob Wainwright, who talks with business leaders and experts about their experiences in charting a new direction to what is commercial success and greater societal impact. Our special guest today is Laurie Michelle Levitt. Laurie Michelle Levitt is founder and president of a Bridge Corp through which she has consulted, coached and trained hundreds of leaders around the world to achieve their goals and generate extraordinary momentum. Laurie is an author of many leadership books, documenting her knowledge about guiding leaders and generating positive influence through their organization and beyond. Rob and Laurie are here to talk about the art of leadership in generating strategic momentum and delivering change. Over to you, Rob. Thank you, Vaidehi, and a warm welcome to you, Laurie. Well, we're here to talk about what it takes for leaders to change their organizations beyond just writing, of course, an ambitious sounding new strategy and towards driving real change in the heart and soul of the companies that they run. Well, Laurie, you've spoken to enough business leaders about that challenge um, in the past. You've talked about, you talked about how, how best to find a pivot catalyst to engineer real change. And we're going to tap into that experience now. I want to frame it first, though, in the context of responsible business and the ESG agenda in particular. Many business leaders have told me on this podcast series that their companies are now pivoting to a more purpose-led agenda. Does that ring true to you? I mean, we'll talk about the challenge in delivering real change in a second. But, but is the right sentiment and intention around the ESG agenda now taking hold across business. Is that what you're seeing? Rob, I am seeing that. Well, I'm seeing both. Uh, Usually when there is something that's considered compliance, there will be some that take it on as an initiative, a one-time project. But there are many that what I see is the leaders are really looking at themselves and saying, how can I lead through this better? And that, when I see that, that is when I'm also seeing the meaningful change. Now, meaningful, I'm going to put some um, caveats around that because it's, it's early for many of them. And so we don't have statistically significant data to see what is happening and, and what the results will be. Of course, and there are many organizations that have been doing this for a long time, but I'm seeing meaningful change with some organizations, starting with the senior leadership team. And it starts with that mindset, right, I guess, in the sense that, well, first of all, it has to start at the top because it's such a fundamental change for a lot of companies to switch to a meaningful commitment to to do something about climate change, for example. But what you're saying is a good point, I think, is that when that mindset is more around, well, we're going to have to do this because we don't want to run afoul of regulatory demands, then that's not quite the same as, as putting your heart and soul into the change, I guess. Yes, exactly. When, how do we assess, uh, you know, in the discussion that you have, in the way that you help so many companies, you know, power through real change, how do you f- set about really assessing if real change is happening on the ground. How, do, how can you recognize that in the first place? What methods are you using to, to, to assess that? I would say the, the main skill, and it's just not mine, um, we weave it through the leadership team, is curiosity. You really have to be open and curious, not just about do they know what I know, but what do they know that I don't know? What is really happening? throughout the organization. 
And you have to be willing to find ways to measure that because this, this type of say, qualitative um, aspect, culture, is not something that you're gathering in your financial and operating and sales systems. So you have to find a way to get honest feedback and ask for input. How often are you seeing that? Is, is that the sort of typical mode of, of perhaps, you know, today's leader, business leader? You know, everyone says, my door's always open. They don't always mean it. Um, but are they, are they generally trying to understand the real business and the real people that they're leading? Some are, some aren't, right? It, it, it depends. So when I see on a website, for example, as part of a, an attempt to show that they are the best place to work, they might be talking now about how they're um, handling performance differently than they used to, like transforming performance management into something else. And, and this is also a space I'm in. And, and really getting that input and being diverse and equitable, inclusive and, and all of those words. And then is it really being done? We've got a lot of awards, a lot of um, certifications. And it really, what, what, you, what you see is what, what are the people within the organization saying? I think a really good example is Microsoft. When Satya Nadella knew that there needed to be a change in Microsoft, he started with the culture. That is risky. I mean, there have been leaders in the past that have been slapped on the hands by shareholders by starting with culture because it's a slow change. And just the fact that, that our world is now applauding starting with culture is a, a big shift. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. And it's those organizations that are attracting the best people. So in that case, it's a good example you raise, of course, because Microsoft's an enormous company. Um, even in small uh, and medium-sized business enterprises, culture, cultural change, as you indicate, is, you know, it takes the longest to reform. But when it does reform, that's, that's really meaningful, deep, entrenched reform. But doing it on a scale at an organization the size of and the way in which it's sort of innovating and changing so quickly as Microsoft was a huge challenge. But I'm guessing Satya Nadell thought, this is it, this is, this is the, the ball game right here. It, 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 it stands or fall on, on his ability to change the culture of the organization. Yes, and part of it, and I alluded to this early on, was the change that you saw in how he showed up as a leader. And maybe he was this way when he was leaders of divisions as well. But for example, putting his foot in his mouth with respect to gender equity in a conversation and then being called on it and saying, yeah, I made a mistake and I need to be more open and true, you know, being sincere about that and wanting to make those changes as, as a leader. That's what we need to see in everyone. So that you touch on, on a couple of other attributes of effective leadership that I've heard from many business leaders in, in the, on, on this show, and that is showing vulnerability, showing that you can make mistakes, being happy enough to put your hand up to say, I made a mistake, but also having the self-awareness to recognize when you've made that mistake. So is that also a you know, common traits you've seen in, 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 in the 
you know, in the, in the best performing leaders, the, these, these traits of vulnerability and self-awareness, is, is it important to driving real change? It is. You know, there are a lot of variables in this. So if he was saying, okay, I want to be more vulnerable, I want others to be more vulnerable, therefore, we can no longer have the competitive nature in our culture. And, and maybe that served them to before. So there's no blame of the prior leadership. It just wasn't working now and wasn't going to take you into the future. And that's the mindset we need to have. You know, if, if I'm going to need to change this way, then how, how do I discover how others are being because they've been the culture how it was forever and it's not going to shift right away? How do I start moving that, you know, big tank around? It's also having the strategic awareness to, to recognize that and to see, to see the moment even before it, it actually arrives, if that makes sense. You know, I, I, I'm reading about other people who've talked about meaningful change and sometimes you should change before you really have to. You know, it's, it's recognizing that you need to be ahead of the game and, and you need to shape the, the environment for you in the future right now rather than to wait until it really, really is pressing. Um, tell me a little bit about you know, the big lessons in corporate history, we, we're all sort of familiar with you know, the way in which major opportunities were not spotted and lost in the famous cases of Kodak and Nokia and so on. I mean, what, what sort of lessons do they tell you about, about change, identifying the need to change and managing effective change? Well, a, a big theme in the two that you mentioned was denial. Similar to Nokia, the Research in Motion rim that had the BlackBerry, I mean, when those two CEOs stepped down and the COO came in in 2012, that's the same year that they ended up you know, dissolving, um, he even said, you know, I really don't think we need to make drastic change. I mean, that was his statement to everyone. Hey, you know, don't, don't worry, we're not really going to change anything. Well, they needed change. So it's that denial that something is not going to take you into the future um, as a healthy organization. But were there in, in those or other cases, are, are there enough sort of signals that, that are, are brightly lit around, around your business that, that are obviously pointing to change? And so is it denial of a certain way, of refusal to, to see the reality? Or is it just that we're now applying the benefit of hindsight in those cases and harshly judging them? With Nokia, they definitely did have signs around them. I mean, every trend chart was showing that while they had been at the top in their operating systems, then Apple and Android were pushing ahead swiftly. And, and that, w that went on for, for years. And it just, they kept pushing ahead. And Nokia kept saying, no, you know, we're going to be okay. Okay, so... So I see that, and you've written books about this as well, of course, Laurie, but, but the lessons that therefore you've, you've learned from those cases from now working with, with many, many leaders, hundreds maybe, um, you know, when, when you help leaders and, and different companies, what are you telling them about? What does it really take to make meaningful change? You know, using the, the positive cases that you've talked about here and that you use elsewhere, I'm sure, to really transform the business. You know, what are the steps that business leaders should be thinking about? The first is they really, really need to get clear about what success looks like. Uh, because 
that is, that's the North Star. That's going to be the magnetic pull for them and everyone else. Because change is not easy. There is going to be a huge amount of resistance and all of this discomfort throughout it. And without that real, and I'm going to use the word clarity, but it's not the same clarity that you have when you're getting to the crux of the matter of something that just happened. It's clarity that you you could just see and feel what that future looks like. Like Mary Barra, when she's talking about gaining market share in electronic vehicles, you know, you can just, you can feel that in her. It's like a, we can do it. And that is rallying. That is getting to what success looks like. Is it going to be challenging for her and for GM? Yes, of, co- of course, it's going to be challenging. Yeah, particularly in, uh, you talk about electric vehicles, of course, it brings us back to the sustainability, the ESG agenda. Um, and I just wonder, you know, the extent to which the North Star, the rallying call for, for companies are becoming more and more looking like something pivoting around a sustainability agenda, for example, is, is that... Is that very often that's, that, that seems to be taking hold as the North Star, do you think? Yes, and it needs to be fleshed out enough to help others understand how they fit in that. So there's the point of clarity, the, you know, having the strategic clarity that you know where you're heading, but is simple enough, clear enough for others to want to follow you, I guess. And, and preferably, if you really want to get ahead, you're gaining commitment, not just buy-in. So buy-in is, you know, that's good. It's like, okay, we get what you want and we're going to buy into that. So we're going to do what it takes. But a much better place to be is where someone then gets so clear that it fits what they desire for themselves. I mean, that is... That's like the holy grail of alignment, right? Where not just their role aligns with strategy, but where what they want for themselves aligns with their role. And that's where you gain commitment. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and you know, what I've learned a lot from speaking with business leaders like you is that a lot of that these days, particularly in the younger generation um, that are employed in, in companies, you know, what they really want for themselves apart from what we all want in terms of having a secure, stable lifestyle, of course, what they really want is to make a meaningful contribution to society, to, to work for a company that is making that, that contribution, to work for a company that is fair and equitable, diverse and inclusive. Um, and that's my point, I think, around the responsible business agenda, where, where the, the North Star of the strategic direction is around that, then maybe you can pull along a great weight of your of your talent base, not just because they can identify, well, because they can identify with, not just because they can see, well, that's my role, I ought to be getting on with it. So that's what I'm seeing, Laurie. I don't know if, if you're saying the same. Maybe you're say, you are saying the same in terms of trying to mobilize the, the right, again, the right cultural movement to, to get behind a leader. Right. The leaders who appear to be doing it right are those that are coming from a state of everyone's not doing it for me, they're doing it with me. And so those leadership traits, let's go back to that because I, I'm, I'm interested, we talked a little bit about having self-awareness and having the strategic clarity. What else are you seeing in, in the most effective 
change forming, change, you know, momentum changing leaders? What, what, what sort of traits are really, are really the best that you've seen? Being willing to ask what's going to be hard and who can help. Um, we sit in our strategic planning sessions and we even get to the details of how something's going to be done. And you know what? We have no idea. I, I have never worked with a, a, quote, management team that really knows how the work is being done today. There's an idea. It's not like it's a complete detachment. But, but people will do their best. And so they'll, they'll work around, you know, what, what the, the in-place procedure is, et cetera. And if you come with a state of curiosity, if you've built that over time where you are, you know, assessing what is it like to work here, and then you're taking action based on that, the people will become safe and they will tell you. So when I sit with and people in an organization, when there's some organizational change needed, those in their role, they will tell me, oh, well, if this is what they need, then I need to do this. That's, that's what you want. Not, okay, now your role has changed and we need you to do this. You're, you're so missing what those in that role can do. Much better to put your leadership efforts toward, toward creating that, that space, that culture where people are safe to step up and speak out. Okay, well, that makes sense, certainly. And, and, and I kind of identify it with it as well, that, that leaders may be certainly in the largest organization, the very senior positions. Sometimes there is a tendency, which becomes a weakness in any company, that they are told what they, they think they want to, want to know, what, they're told what they want to hear, um, without truly understanding whether or not um, an idea or, or, or a, a strategy can actually be changed in, in practice. This is a good point that you make. Listen, let's wrap this up, Laurie. It's been fascinating to talk to you. But, you know, your simple message to those business leaders that are listening today, that, that you know, all of us, all of them maybe, either now or, or soon, in the, soon in the future, will be undergoing big, important change. What's your simple message to them about the, the importance of, of, of doing that in the most successful way. I think if, if I were to leave today with a best next step they can take is to really work their curiosity muscle, allow themselves to say, I, I don't know this, whether they speak that out loud or not, and just really get curious about what's, what's happening. I mean, you can't pivot to what you want unless you know what is. That's a great point to end with, Laurie. Thank you so much for your time today. You talked about that curiosity killed the cat, but you're saying it can be very much the friend of an organization changing leader. So thank you so much for your time to uh, spend with us today. Thank you. It was a pleasure. So generating the momentum required by leaders to turn their ambitions for change into real effect is easier said than done, quite literally. Many business leaders in the current climate yearn for a shift towards a more purpose-led agenda to transform their companies into pace setters for responsible business. Not all of them will succeed. Change is hard work, as we've been hearing today from Laurie. The alignment of competing priorities, the mobilizing of a scattered stakeholder community, and indeed one's own talent base as well. And also the engineering of a new culture and mindset, which necessarily happens over the long, not short term. 
Laurie Michelle Levitt has helped hundreds of business leaders along this path of change, as we've heard from her today, finding the right pivot catalyst, the North Star of the direction to which one should head to create the necessary momentum is challenging, but certainly possible in the hands of the most well-equipped, self-aware leaders. The argument for why companies should pivot to a responsible agenda is taking hold across the business sector. The challenge for many now is how to deliver that change. Thank you for listening to another episode of Insights on Responsible Business. We hope you enjoyed it and will tune into our next episode. Please review us on Spotify, the iTunes podcast app, or whatever popular podcast app you're using. And find out more on Deloitte.nl. See you next time.